Welcome back to Fireside Stories. This is your host, Katie Shambaugh. Today's stories come from Celia with The Almost Charmed Life and Asher with The Death Hike. Now, without further ado, here's Fireside Stories. Growing up, I lived a pretty charmed life. I had two parents that loved me. I had a brother that loved me. We had a beautiful home. I was never worried about a thing. My meals were taken care of, I was taken care of, and life was pretty great. I didn't know anything different. My experience was my experience, and that's how I saw the world. In comes Cody in third grade. Cody was my classmate. He showed up in the middle of the school year wearing dirty jeans that were too short for him, a stained shirt, and a blue baseball hat. He brought with him Scooby-Doo comic books, and colored pencils. His colored pencils were all broken, but colored pencils nonetheless. Everyone in my class had a similar experience to mine, except for Cody. And I knew that. And everyone in the class knew that. And Cody knew that. When he came in, we were all a little bit nervous around him. I guess nervous is the right word. We felt uncomfortable. We didn't know his experience, but we knew it was different from ours. When you're in third grade, somebody being different is a little bit scary. And when you're afraid of something, it makes it a whole lot easier to make fun of it. It takes away that scariness. So that's what everyone did. They made fun of Cody. And Cody took it. He talked different. He walked different. He wore different clothes. When he got frustrated, he would ball up his fists and his face would get bright red and he would clench his teeth. But he never said anything. So... Everybody kept at it. He was tortured. And I saw it. And it didn't feel good. And I didn't really know what to do. So I did the only thing I could think to do. I was nice to him, quietly. I didn't want my friends or anyone in my class to see that I was nice to him. So I did it behind the scenes. I would save up my money, and I would buy him supplies at the school store. I bought him little notebooks and colored pencils and drawing pads, and I would hand them to him at recess. Sneaky. Very sneaky. I didn't want anybody to know that I was being nice to him. I was trying to preserve my perception, my classmates' perception of me, while still doing what my heart was telling me was right. And Cody appreciated it. He never formally thanked me, but I know that he appreciated it. It was my half-assed attempt at being a decent person as a third grader. It was hard to see somebody so different from me, and I didn't have the words to recognize or to understand that Cody's life was really tough. He was in foster care. Our teacher was his foster parent. His experience was so different from mine. And I felt like I needed to help him in some way, but I couldn't understand what it was. But at the same time, I still wanted to be cool. I still wanted to be liked, and I didn't want to be made fun of. Cody left. I don't know where he went, but I didn't see him again until about two years ago. Fast forward, Halloween, 2018. I'm at a bar. I'm drinking with my friends having a grand old time, and in walks Cody. Hmm. I hadn't seen him in years, but I recognized him. 
the blonde hair, the blue eyes, the jeans that were too short for him, the dirty t-shirt, and the baseball hat. Without a logo, mind you. We locked eyes, and he didn't recognize me. I went over to him, and I said, Cody, how are you? And he said, I'm fine. How are you? And he was totally normal. There was nothing wrong with him. I reminded him who I was, and he immediately teared up. He apologized for not recognizing me right off the bat. I like to think that that's a good thing, that I don't look like what I look like in third grade. I felt a twinge of guilt as we sat and caught up a little while because I was never nice enough to call him my friend. And I never wanted anyone to know that he was my friend. But he was my friend. Quietly. Silently. Secretly. So here I was, sitting in a bar with Cody, all these years later. And when we got up, he said, thank you for making me feel okay. I don't think he remembered what I did for him in third grade. I know that I did. I remember it because I'm not proud of it. I should have been more vocal and I should have stood up for him. I should have helped the kid out and I didn't. But in third grade, it's hard to know what's wrong and what's right. And it's hard to act on it. But I do know that I did make him feel okay. And I know that people may not remember exactly what you do for them, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. I made Cody feel a little bit okay. I know I didn't make him feel great. And I know it doesn't make me feel great to think that. But it's okay to be okay to people that are different from us. It was a learning experience. I know that I'm better than I was in third grade, but I know that I'm still working on it. And that's okay. trying to think. So this is a long time ago. This is back when I was uh, probably in middle school. So it's been a while and I don't remember exactly what order all things happened in. But uh, this was the, well, we had two different hiking trips that went horribly wrong. Both of them were death hikes. There was the death hike and the death hike too. The first hike, the death hike. Um, so we were all, our Boy Scout troop was trying to get hiking merit badge. And so to do that, you had to complete a 10 mile hike a 25 mile hike and a 100 mile hike. And uh, <laughs> we gave up after the 25 mile hike for reasons that'll become apparent. <laughs> so the first hike, the 10 mile hike was the death hike, death hike number one to prepare. It was in, it was, you know, late spring, early summer. And the scoutmaster who had, um, you know, planned the whole trip, he hiked in, hiked up to the first campsite Everything looked fine. Hiked into the last campsite. Uh, everything looked fine. What he didn't do was hike between the first campsite and the last campsite. Now, we had all prepared for, you know, spring weather. So, you know, cold, but, and, you know, maybe rainy. But um, certainly we didn't expect to be hiking through snow, winter hiking. So, we wanted to make an alpine start the next day, so we hiked in at night, uh, the night before. Um, so we were all hiking in the dark, uh, heading up to the first lean-to. 
and uh, we camped out, and when we woke up the next morning, about an inch of snow had fallen. No big deal, whatever. We kept hiking, or we, we got all, all prepared. We had our oatmeal that morning, and, you know, we were like, all right, well, whatever. Um, you know, an inch of snow, whatever. It'll, it'll melt away. It's, uh, I want to say this is like early June, so... You know, it's not unexpected to have stuff like that happen at a certain altitude, but it'll, you know, melt away during the day. So the thing is, though, is that much of the trail is sheltered by very, very tall pine trees. So in addition to being uh, above a certain elevation, the snow was also self-insulating. So we we began hiking that first day, and you know things it the the snow switched over to rain, and that sucked, and we got you know just as wet from sweating inside of our ponchos as we would have from just letting the rain hit us. So a lot of us decided to take our ponchos off. We're completely soaked, you know, uh, towards the middle of the day. But then as we started to crest the mountain ridge, there were it was probably ten feet of snow. And it was 10 feet of snow that had drifted just into the middle of the trail. So there was on one side going down the ridge into the woods, no snow on the ground. Look down the other side, no snow on the ground. The trail itself, in between the two stands of trees going on either side, 10 feet of snow in a mound. So we all have our wind, wind pants and uh you know just like hiking boots we didn't bring gaiters or any any sort of stuff that you would use for uh you know hiking and of course we we have all our camping gear and stuff too some of us brought tents we all brought sleeping bags and we have we have these you know rack packs because we were expecting to eventually go on a hundred mile hike so you know we had two days worth of clothes and all of our um you know our stoves and pots and pans and all those sorts of things on our backs and man yeah we sank right down into that slushy snow right up to our crotches and we did that every step we took for the next eight miles <laughs> we barely made it to the next campsite which was not the campsite we expected to spend the night at we were expecting that the, the trail would be clear and we would hike straight through to the final campsite. That didn't happen. We had to stop at uh, at another campsite that we just found off the side of the trail. So we were, I don't remember who had the phone or how, how exactly it happened, but one of our kids uh, in our troop, his dad was an army ranger and my own father, they, Jim Belanger and uh, my father, Ed, both came in, they were going to meet us at the final campsite and then hike out with us, but somehow they managed to find us. Like they went, I guess they hiked to the final campsite and there was nobody there. So then they were just like wandering up the trail and then just shouting for us, didn't know where the fuck we were. So eventually they found us at the campsite and then we got everybody. Uh, we fit, I think there was like 17 kids and we fit them all in a six person lean to. We were all just absolutely drenched with sweat and melted snow all of our like all of our clothes were just completely soaked we were not prepared oh yeah it was awful and the next day you know uh my dad and jim they were like yeah no the rest of the trail out to the the other campsite is just as bad so not looking forward to hiking through you know 10 feet of snow again we decided to just make a beeline down the side of the mountain and we hiked straight down uh through the woods 
occasionally like it was like it was quite steep too uh we were like occasionally catching ourselves against these old sta- uh, stands of like dead standing trees uh, and sometimes they would like collapse into like a pile of uh, sawdust from termites and then eventually we came out on an old logging road and then we hiked for what seemed like forever and then finally we got out to where Jim and my father had parked their cars and then we kind of waded around there and uh, shuttled boys, you know, a car full at a time to uh, where all the rest of the cars were at the final campsite. <sighs> uh, and that was the first death hike. <laughs> mm-hmm.